Hey, Georgia football fans. Welcome to episode 24 of the Waiting Since Last Saturday podcast. Your co-hosts are Will Leach, Tony Waller, and me, Scott Duvall. After the October swoon for Georgia, where the dogs went 1-3 and three and were outscored by a combined 109-53, to 53, the feeling around Athens has certainly turned from a season of promise to one of despair as we enter into the final month of the season. Facing the likes of Kentucky, Auburn, Georgia Southern, and Georgia Tech in the next few weeks will certainly determine the fate of the bowl situation for Georgia, and their performances on and off the field could certainly influence what happens to the current coaching staff as we know it. The three of us try our best to interpret the current state of the UGA football program and preview this Saturday's game versus Kentucky. Here's Tony to kick us off. And I have to also thank Robert Wolf, Dogfan1980, for his uh, generous hospitality uh, in Jacksonville at Lotte. We had a great day, a great time. We won the tailgate, uh, and things went extraordinarily well until, <laughs> say, kickoff. Maybe even, maybe even the, like till the till the, till the punt. I think the yeah, punt, to the punt. Yeah, I think that's punt. right. No, actually, you know, I, yeah. I felt we, you know, we, we, we did had our our bend don't break. Yeah, they, they looked they looked as incompetent as we did until the punt. Well, I was preferring to be strength based. <laughs> yeah, we right. yeah they missed a the, we we held them uh, after a fairly decent drive to yes. a missed field goal and then and then yeah yes and then so yeah. but all right so y'all want to get started? Uh, yeah. yeah. How, how do you want to start this? I mean, I mean, there's multiple directions we like can go. Normal. I think we should start with. But I think the discussion is necessary. Yeah, I, I do right, think it's yeah. the, it's it's probably time to have it because, you know, the, it we have seen plenty of people getting on the program and getting on Rick, and we've seen unhappy fans, and we've you know we've seen people talking about the, the, having to lower expectations once again. It did seem to me, and we discussed this a little bit in the last podcast. It seemed to me. It was at a fever pitch uh, this week to a level where you, you say you're seeing national riders. They're not even just saying Rick has to go. They're saying, how does Georgia handle this uncomfortable situation? Like you've seen a lot of that. So I want to I feel like there's two things we need to talk about. First is let's talk practically in a reality based world. Is there any way? Because people are talking about this like a fait accompli, like Rick and Georgia, it's time for a separation. It's going to have to happen. Is the realistic universe that we're talking right now? Because that feels like outsiders talking or angry people talking. I don't believe that we live in a universe where Rick is either going to be fired or is going to walk away at the end of this year. Do you guys agree? I'm going to stick by what I said uh, in our podcast Monday is that this year and this year only, there is no way Mark Rick leaves unless he wants to leave. Period. Okay, I, well, that, and that's fine. Mm, I, I'm allotting for that. Period. I'm allotting, I'm allotting for that in the question. So Will he does. He is there a desire for him to leave? Do you, that's a hard. That's a much harder question. Yeah. I think I just think it is. Will it be independent of the circumstances? It will be a recognition on his part that either one he doesn't have the energy to mm-hmm. do what it takes to fix what's going on, or he's just done with it. I mean. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to put a percentage on because I don't really know right, him right, that well. Right. I, I haven't seen anything different out of him that I didn't see out of him in other rough patches. And we've had other rough patches. I mean, that's a, that's the thing. I mean, you know, we were. Well, that's uh, not the reason we're here. <laughs> I mean, well, we were, what, 0-2 oh at the start of 2012. Yeah, we lost to Boise State and then South, South Carolina. Carolina and, and then rattle off 10 in a row and yeah, then lose two in a row. Yeah, <laughs> and, you know, that's, again, that's, that's I, I, it's not exactly the same because there was, there were signs of confidence, and it looked like both South Carolina and Boise State were good football teams. Florida is going to win the East as a 
fairly okay SEC team. Right. The rest of the teams we beat are way less than fairly okay SEC teams. I think the much more interesting question is if Mark Rick decides to stay, is he all in on this coaching staff? And if he is, is he willing to ride this coaching staff down to the bottom or top? Because right. once he decides that Brian Schottenheimer is his guy offensively, this is who I'm with. He has to allow for the possibility that the decision will not be his next year if right. we look the way we've looked the past four games. Or it, actually six games. I don't understand how you can say, and I'm not being accusatory, I don't understand how you could say if he's all in and if he has the energy and if he wants to fight it out. Because leading up through, I guess, all the weeks up until the Florida game, you're like, this guy's all in. You know, it's the body language. And I believe it, you know, or I believed you and I believed it. But I think the only way that that happens is if he could probably lose to Kentucky and Auburn and maybe wiggle around it. But if you lose to Georgia Southern and Georgia Tech or you go two and two and you lose the wrong two, then it could just it could be not his choice. I, I, I mean, that's the question. No, that I, guess the question. That's a, I guess that's a possibility. It's just, look, you know, I know there's a lot of, I don't want to call it noise. There's a lot of chatter out there about how many does it take for him to save his job. Here's my view of this, and, and people can take it for exactly what it's worth. And this is not really me advocating anything. It's my view of it. That is not what Georgia does, period. It's just not. You know, if we were talking about a fifth-year head coach who had enormous success in his um, – Second, third and fourth year kind of muggled away perfect opportunities to win the East and then looked this bad in the fifth year, that's the conversation we'd be having. But we're not having that conversation. We're talking about Mark Rick, a guy who has admittedly told every other program to come and talk to him over the past 15 years, Georgia's where I want to retire from. We cannot like it. We can we can act like it's terrible, and maybe it is, and that maybe that's a debate for another time. But firing – a coach that has won 140-something games, admittedly, that we have looked bad this year, it is not what we do. I mean, listen, I agree with you. I Personally, I agree with you. I do not think you should be fired. I think, that, I think that there's been a lot of bad circumstances that have come together at bad times. But, no, I think last week was cl- a clear shift. Like, there's been frustration. Yeah. yeah. There's yeah. been frustration. There's been, there's been annoyance. There's been people upset that weren't good expe- – they didn't meet the expectations. It was the first time where I actually was like, I don't know, like this, these guys kind of look like, like it, it was the first time where it felt there was just no energy involved at all. And, and it's not even the, it's funny because a lot of, a lot of this has been focused on the, on the, the ballot stuff. But to me, I, I really feel like there was just a lack of energy all around it, it almost no, felt from like, the coaching staff as well. It almost felt like the coaching staff, particularly as the game went on, looked like they were mailing it in. Yeah. And not, and I mean, defensively, and that's bad, man. <laughs> defensively, you can make the argument, you know, they were on the field a bunch, although they didn't run that many more plays. Realistically, we gave up a touchdown on, well, the touchdown, the, the muff punt. We gave up another touchdown on a five yard field. If you take those two away, it's still 13 to three. Yeah. And holding Florida to 13 points is right. not. Not terrible. I don't think that's a terrible yeah, but, I mean, thing. Harris still, is a pretty bad quarterback. And, well, yeah, but still, yeah. but still, I think our, our I, defensive quit. And I think that's the thing is that, like, I think if you take a step back and look and, like, look, Chubb's hurt, the quarterback situation. I mean, I, I've been saying this for a long time, but, like, really, the, when you, you have as well, 
it's because Ramsey's bad. <laughs> you know, I mean, in a lot of ways, Ramsey is the guy that's supposed to be playing right, right now and isn't. It's his and, fault. And well, I mean, <laughs> no, but I get you. Yeah, like the idea, of, like I'm not in those practices. Clearly, they're seeing something in Ramsey. Well, they're not to where something. right that yeah. to where they're they're not even like even after a week like last week he's third. So in a in a vacuum, quarterback situation collapses. Nick Chubb is hurt. You've had a lot of injuries. You've had a lot. You have a new offensive coordinator. In a vacuum, you'd be like, hey, listen, three losses. Florida's pretty good this year. Tennessee had a nice little, had their best game of the year and hung on at the end. And Alabama is Alabama. In a vacuum, you can do that. But in the environment now and the way going into the biggest game of the year and the general frustration and having that moment, obviously this started at that moment in the Alabama game when everybody left and it's just rolled and rolled and rolled. To me, that is... It goes beyond just, yeah, it's been a rough year. It feels like something a little bit different. I mean, I think Scott probably would agree with me that this is fairly damning. Georgia's been through this before, right? We've been through a bad quarterback situation before. Terrence Edward played quarterback for us as a receiver. Was it Terrence or Robert? It was was Terrence. Terrence came in and played quarterback for us in the the 90s because we had no other options. Gosh, I forgot about that. We didn't see any of that. Uh, and I frankly think that is exactly where the real source of a lot of the, oh, God, this thing is that they're they're done. Because I'll throw some numbers out here. Fauda attempted 33 passes. Sonny Michelle, who broke his hand in the first play of the game, ran 15 times. Marshall ran three times. Fauda ran two times. Yeah, That's trust. almost, I, I mean... Look, I, I want I want to be very careful about my words because I'm not one to I'm not one to I'm not one to say things I wouldn't say. I'm well, I know people. you are, and, and, but, I, but, and I appreciate that you are. But it's almost it is almost coaching malpractice. What happens? It's baffling. It's baffling. You know, it is almost it's... coaching. And I am not a football coach. Right. I mean, and I don't. I'm not at the practices. I don't know what happened. The thing about it that I think most people can't get their heads around, and I think what Dodd was talking about, what. Bradley and Schultz or whomever else over there at the AJC has a typewriter and some monkeys (laughs) said, um, I think really what they're keying on is they saw that exact same thing. They saw Bow to come in. They saw the only way this really felt like a desperation move is we asked Bow to come in and run the exact same place. And I'll be damned if that's not exactly what happened. Exactly. You know, and that leads me to the next part of this, which is fans' expectations. And, you know, it's funny. One of the things um, I was listening to this uh, SEC on CBS podcast, and they were talking about they're comparing Auburn in Georgia. Yeah. yeah, and obviously Auburn had the championship, and that's something that one of the things that's driven Georgia fans so crazy is that Auburn and all these other teams have all had their run at the championship, and Georgia hasn't. But if you look, like I think they said, like over the last ten years, Auburn has two cha- uh, two appearances in the national championship game, which is say two SEC championships, mm-hmm. and they're under five hundred in the SEC each of the other years. It's amazing. Either it's four, crazy. either four crazy. and four, or under four, under each of those other years. That would be an interesting question. Where would Georgia fans swap that's, spots? That's is that where I'm you're asking. going? That's what I'm asking. Yes. Yeah, yeah I, think that, I think Georgia. <laughs> fan, I think the yeah. average Georgia fan absolutely would switch and and deal with all the nonsense with Cam Newton, all the you know the all in, the nearly obvious cheating that they did yeah. to get to that situation. I mean, Bruce Pearl is their basketball coach. Well, I and, mean, and, <laughs> yeah. I mean, come on, we know Auburn's values. Well, I fed I fed right into Will there. Well, yeah. and and to go basketball route on this, I remember back when Jim Herrick was hired and we started really playing some good basketball. My fraternity brothers and me, I had a couple of them that were pretty outspoken and know a lot more about basketball than I do. And they were adamant saying, look, 
Jim Herrick is going to win us a national championship in basketball, and then we are going directly on probation. And, and we got so close. <laughs> we yeah. did. So close. So, the, Tony Cole talked a, yeah. a month early. Because yeah. You yeah. got a little closer to the probation than you did the national championship. Well, I, I'm, not, I'm not 100% convinced we wouldn't have won it. We were, we were loaded. Oh, no, it's, yeah. a, it's a great point, though. Yeah. It's a great point. That trade-off. And is, so I guess that's the question. Is there something flawed? You talked earlier about the idea. Listen, that's just not what Georgia is. That's not what they're going to do. They're not going to make a decision like that. Is there a, a, a bridge that's is it in the dna yeah is there something is there a flaw is a is it a design flaw in the idea that georgia fans just want a championship they want a championship or they want to get in the playoff and they are cheering for a team in which some of the things that you may or may not have to do to become a national champion they're rooting for the wrong team or the wrong franchise, or the wrong. I think I think the state is cursed. I mean, it's I mean, it's how I've grown up. <laughs> I know, and, I know, but, I know, I know it's that. How, but, it's it's how it is. I mean, but that but that's not real. I and I, I understand that's that. how I feel. That's yeah, my I understand. And I, I like it when you I actually do kind of like it when you relate it to the Hawks and and the yeah, Braves a little the Braves, bit. And, the Falcons. And the Falcons. I do get that. We lost two hockey teams. <laughs> that's true. Um, but that's just because nobody went to the games. <laughs> but I do think that I'm talking specifically to this idea is. You know, because I mean, I love, you know, one of the things that I've really grown to really love coming to Georgia games is not only this tradition, but there is a sense, and maybe this is the Cardinal fan in me, but like there is this sense that like, listen, we want to win, but we take a lot of pride in who we are Mm -hmm. and the things that we are willing to do and the things that we are not willing to do. Now, and that's great. I, I value it and it stirs me in a way that I frankly do not have a right to be stirred by as someone that's only been here for three years and did not go to school here. Like I legitimately love it. Now does coming with that is part of it. Okay. Well, but you're not Auburn. I, I think I'm glad I'm not Auburn. Yeah. I, 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 yeah. I, I agree with you, Scott. I think that, even if you had two of those national I, championships, it, that's, that's, it's like the most impossible. It's like asking like which child you love most. Maybe that's a terrible analogy, but no, it's, it's, no, because this is an actual strategy idea. As well, well. I, th- I think, I think, I think, in theory, we would say, yeah, we'll take Auburn's. But then, if you think about it, do you really want to be Auburn? No, I, I think. Well, then we can't complain about not winning championships because you've got a guy in I'm, charge who's not going to break the rules. Look, I'm, I have that. I, I'm sorry to cut you off. I have that that struggle all the time because as, as you sit there and you're watching your your team's ass get kicked all over the field by the second top ten SEC team it's faced. That you're sitting there bargaining in your mind, like, what would I take? And, you know, you do start thinking, like, wow, I probably would take the Auburn situation, you know, where you've got two appearances in national championship games, you got one national championship, and then you're under 500. If I'm being honest with myself, and I think I just say I wouldn't be Auburn because they were number one on my uh, most right. objectionable, but yeah, be, if I'm being completely honest, yes, I would take Auburn's record over the past 10 years in a heartbeat just for that championship. And, and Georgia has to cheat to do it. No, I don't want to cheat. They, okay, well, then this is what we're talking about. Ho- hold on, Will. Hold <laughs> okay, on, I'm Will. confused. I, I think I think at the heart of your question is something a little less clear-cut. Um, You're right, because it's, it's also like Georgia's recruiting has not been – like Georgia's recruiting has right, been good. Right, right. <laughs> I, I think, I think, I think what you're talking about really 
is Georgia's current, the Georgia way. Yeah, right. Uh, cooperating fully with the NCAA, um, the toughest drug suspension policies, right. um, the most likely to suspend player multiple games over arrest, all Even that. if he's drunk boating Even and a if kicker. it's, yes. <laughs> right. But no, that's right. That's right. right. Um, does that hamstring Georgia in a way that we as Georgia fans are willing to put up with? I think the short answer to that, or the easy answer to that question, I think most of my Georgia brothers would say, would say, no, we, we think that is a little ridiculous. You think I, what's a little ridiculous? The fact that we are, we hold ourselves to a different standard than other, right. and to you, the detriment of our program. Right, right, right. And we don't have to. Right. Okay. Um, okay. And I, I agree with that. Okay. Um, and I think it's interesting that Scott brought up Jim Delaney because Jim Delaney uh, – I'm not Jim Delaney. Yeah, was <laughs> that Jim was Donnie. extraordinarily uh, Freudian. <laughs> right, yeah. um, Jim Donnie. No. Jim Donnie. Jim I'm going to write, I'm have to write Herrick, Herrick down. Right. Jim Herrick. <laughs> Jim Herrick's the reason we are that program. Yeah. Jim Herrick frankly is because Mike Adams basically made Coach Dooley bring Jim Herrick in – and then try to throw Coach Dooley under the bus about that. And in order to basically to, to fix all of that, said, here's how we're going to be. And it did become ingrained in our DNA. Now, to get back to what I think your baseline question is, is that are Georgia fans, do we think we're above where we are? And I think the answer to that question is a good lawyer answer is yes and no. Yes, in that we haven't. Uh, we haven't actually accomplished those things much over the past 35 years. And frankly, in our history, we've had two national, three national championships. If we count like Alabama, seven national championships. I mean, Illinois, five, five. Illinois has like seven. Yes, if you right. Count, but like, but realistically, I mean, I think we had the second most yeah. number of SEC championships right. over the history of our program, right? But, you know, we had three in the 80s. We've had two since Rick's been here, right? Did I do that yeah, math two, right? Yeah, and they were both, they both more than 10 years ago. Yes, the last yeah. one was 10 years ago. I think that I think the the sane, reasonable, average Georgia fan would tell you win the SEC, win the SEC, and compete for the SEC championship about as much as we have over the past right. five years, right? Two out of every four years, for two out of every five years, right. which is what we have. Yeah. And, and realistically, you know, if we if we don't if we don't we really don't mess up over. I mean, realistically, we should have been three of the last five years, but we yeah. we didn't, right, and, right, and that's right. a whole that's a, that's part of the conversation we're having. Yeah. But Last also, year in particular was a weird one. Right. But also the, the other part of that is no, we should expect that. We should expect that, especially now that we have a, a university president who's telling the AD, put money in the program. Right, right, we right. have a um, the, the recruiting base close enough. And we're actually doing the recruiting we need to, need to do. And we're in the right kids' places. Now, the one other thing that troubles me about Coach Rick's entire Time at Georgia, and I, I, I have over time been a big Rick supporter, and, and now I'll be perfectly honest. I don't know where I stand on him. I really don't. I mean, I want him to win. I want him to win to want him to be the one the Texas national championship. I do too. Just to be very clear. right, and I but it would I, feel it's, it's awesome it, if he's the one that did right. It's hard for and part of that spite for me personally spite. Yeah. <laughs> but the other part of that is um, I, I have to question. I think over the next month and a half, it's really going to God whether or not I still believe that's the, tr- yeah. the case. Now, having said all of that, the the one thing that you say can say about Coach Rick about his coaching, and a lot of people say, "Well, it's, he's too loyal." Blah blah blah. We always seem to have a position group that is too thin. We're seeing that this year, quarterback. And you can say, you know, you know, we had a recruiting, we had bad recruiting misses for two years, and I think that's fairly safe. I mean, Park, Bauda, and Lambert all came in at about the same time. We knew Aaron Murray was going to be going. Maybe having 
Jacob Eason on the books as a sophomore made it a little harder because everyone, I mean, right. people didn't want to come which, in. Which, frankly, I think makes all the chatter about Eason not coming here if if Rick's not head coach a little ridiculous. Right. Eason's coming here unless we hire we go and hire Paul Johnson. Right. Period. Right, 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 right. I mean, even if we go and hire, I mean, if we hire Jim. Well, we're not going to hire Jim McElwain, but if we hire Jim McElwain or some other like straight up. Anybody that doesn't run some sort of offense, offense that that is based this pro style offense that will give him a chance to go and right. play in the NFL, that's exactly that's it. he's coming here. Right. Period. Now I, I could eat my words on that in a month. I don't know, but that's a very long way of saying that. Yes, we we should expect it, and also yes, maybe some of the way we handle business hamstrings us in a way that has prevented us in in, in the years past. Okay, so uh, and I don't want to. I know I want to. I know we want to get on to the game, so I don't want to belabor this too much. But I we, really we do, play this weekend. Yeah, but honestly, like this is key. I'm sorry, but like this is the conversation that everybody. You, you guys have been online. This is the conversation everybody's having. Like it feels like a crossroads moment. It does. Like yeah. it does. It feels like a crossroads yeah. moment. And, and we may not even get to the road for another year, but it yeah. does feel like a crossroads. Moment. It does. And so here's my question. The, the, let's help this transition us into the discussion of the game this week. <clears throat> is they're away because a lot. Well, another thing that a lot of people have said is there are no good wins left. There are no good wins left. There are only bad losses on the schedule. <laughs> there's no good wins left. Like there's no win the rest of the way where you're like inspired by. There should be. They are expected to win all four of these last games, and if they lose one, people are going to be angry. Is that fair? What I've seen on the field, oh, I don't. Ex- I agree. I certainly them. agree. I don't. I, I. I don't think they're looking great either. But I mean that, like, it's not like if they beat Florida, you're like, all right, you beat Florida. Yeah, Florida beat Mississippi. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, if uh, or but like the rest of the games, Kentucky. No one's impressed by winning Kentucky. Auburn. Auburn is down and really struggling. Georgia Tech really struggling. And then Georgia Southern, the nightmare game that yeah, is looming yeah. in everybody's minds. You know, I, all of these are bad losses, and none of them are good wins. I'll be honest. In order for me to feel like things are turning around, we've got to score points. And I don't mean I, I thought, don't so so the style points thing is back on the table now. Um yeah, I think, I, I think confidence points, <laughs> not style points. I mean, let's be clear. If we go out and house Kentucky fifty five to four or fourteen or four. Yeah, we'll, we'll, throw that. Would be awesome. we'll, we'll throw that out there. And actually the style, let's make it a let's make it a eleven. Let's throw an eleven or in there for Doug Gillette. Uh Gillette. So, but you know, if we go out there and house them fifty-five to fourteen, I, I mean, that's pretty good style for the soul. Yeah, they're going to be. I agree. People are going to be saying, "Oh, well, it's just Kentucky." But if, you know, we yeah. look. I, and I'm I'm trying to not. I'm trying to be clear. I'm not this this inveterate Homer optimist. But if we go out and we put a bunch of points on the board, even if it's against bad defenses, and let's be clear, we're playing against three fairly. Georgia Tech's defense is okay. Um, Auburn's defense is okay, especially Carl Larson, Larson's back. Lawson is back. But they're not the defenses we faced over the past four weeks. Um, so, I mean, we can talk about Florida, but, I mean, if you look at S&P numbers, Bill, Bill Connors, right. S&P's numbers, Florida's like fifth on defense, sixth on defense, oh, especially right rushing defense. Right. Uh, Missouri is like number two in the nation. Alabama's number three in the nation. Um, Tennessee is uh, – well, we scored a bunch of points on Tennessee. What's the other one? Oh, Vandy. Vandy's right. still right. fairly high, despite what happened to them against Houston. Right. Um, well, of course, this is what happens in the SEC. Right. It's really good defenses. Right. But, <laughs> but my point is, is that if we go out and do to – middle of the road or worse defenses, what we did to middle of the road defenses earlier in the season, you know, I'm willing to chalk it up to 
bad performances against good defenses and no chub and no ch- and 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 also injuries and no no yeah. no, no second wide receiver but but let's be clear <laughs> if we bring Bauda back out and I'm not saying we should or shouldn't but, but we bring Bauda back out we and got to run the ball we basically run the, exactly the same game plan we get ran against Missouri and Florida and then only score 16 points yeah. and barely win that's going to be a really hard place for me to be yeah to me that's the thing is that like I agree I think of a lot of points I feel like even winning 13 to 3 is worse than winning like 35 to 20 or something. Like I'll they need t- to I'll put take, some points. I'll take 21 to 3 with seven good drives. Yeah, we you just, need we some decided points. To, we you just decided some to put the points on right. the board because we're winning. Right. I'll take that. Right, right. So, but, I, but that said, that doesn't change. <laughs> the reason I, I'm, I'm laughing is Scott, like, Scott was about to say something. He had that look on his face like, like my, my best friend. John DuPont has when he's about to come up with something enormously profound. I think what I'm getting at is just my, if I think about what has frustrated me for the 2015 season, it's just feeling like that we don't have a chance in these big games. Here's the thing. Halloween was happening on set happening on Saturday. We had like 60 people over here and I had a TV out front. I had the TV in the living room and had a TV out back and at three 30 you, you couldn't count how many people were. You couldn't see the TVs because everybody was hovered around them. And then by about 5.15, yeah, 5.30, yeah, yeah. people are then looking down at their children going like, yeah, let's, let's go ahead and do an early trick-or-treating run because we don't want to see this happening because you just feel helpless. You feel it snowballing, and you kind of know the outcome because you've seen the first 30 minutes of the game that's been played and – it's a terrible feeling as a fan who invests so much time, energy, and money. Hello, on it. A buddy of mine who has a suite at the stadium was here, and he was saying, you know, George is one of those investments you don't get a return on your money. It's just frustration, and and it's like the one of the worst investments you can make lately. And I'm sitting there listening. This guy forks over a ton for donations and all the time and money he spends in the tail spends in the tailgating. And you're to hear people at that point now where they're like, look, this isn't a good investment. I might give up my tickets. Then that's not immaterial. Like, like well, that it, is not it, an, uh, that's an important point to be entirely honest. It's not immaterial, but that is also the same thing that every fan base that doesn't, every fan base expects they should win the SEC championship. Agreed. Says that. I mean, Tennessee people have been saying that. And frankly, they did show that right. after, you know, seven, eight years of futility. Right. So, but I, I, I get the, the point is well made. Yeah. That and, there and, does come a point where those money people, yeah. and I think it's the point you're about to make, yes. when the money people start talking to the president and the AD, that's when the present AD have to be in a position right. to start taking those calls. And this, I mean, this, these are the people he's talking about. Like these are pe- these are donors. These yes. Are, they, and you know, and to me, that is it's undeniable. Because listen, I rationally speaking, as a dispassionate observer, I think it is fair to say, like you can make a pretty good case for why this season has gone off the rails a little bit. You quarterbacks did not work out. Nick Chubb gotten hurt. Nick Chubb got hurt, by the way. That's the reason everyone was excited for this team in the first place. Let's not forget. Uh, you got a new offensive coordinator who is new to the college game and is going to have some friction and, and still trying to figure this out. You've had injuries across the board. You you played. You didn't lose to terrible teams. You lo- These are not horrible teams that you're losing to. You can take a step back and say, All right, it's, a frustrate- it's frustrating. The problem is this is not Mark Rick's first year. 
No. It's not his first year. No. And I think if it were a new coach's first year and this happened, I don't think anyone's that upset. And to me, after a while, that noise and that exhaustion, you know, Tony La Russa famous, uh, used to always say that, like, you know, after nine years, even if you've won championships, people are kind of ready for you. People are not ready for you to go, but they're sick of you. It's like a marriage. You know, I mean, like, you know, like, like either, either you find ways to like win a championship and get yourself fired back up again, or you're like, oh yeah, I know. Here you go doing this again. And okay. It's like a bad marriage, (laughs) but, uh, um, but my point is that, you know, that is 15 years is a long time to be a football coach. Yeah. He's the fifth longest coach. Yeah. I'll be fourth long once Frank Beamer. Yeah. I mean, it's a long time and it's a long time to go without winning a national championship for a fan base that desperately wants one. Yeah. I think so we're, we're what, just exhausted. Yeah. And, and fair or otherwise. And again, I think you can make an argument as to why this is not a bad thing. Like this season happened for several reasons that are not just because Mark Rick is stupid and terrible and bad. It's because Deshaun Watson's playing at Clemson and not here. Yeah. Well, yeah. But Deshaun Watson was never going to play here because and, but because we didn't recruit him. Well, but no. because they, we don't run the offense, we don't wants. run the offense. You want but to see, run. that's but that is another question. Like that is why not adapt to the that is something that, that Dodd brought up. That, that is something that Dodd brought up in his column, and I think I don't necessarily agree with him, but I understand what he's saying, and I guarantee you, recruits are going to understand what he's saying. They're going to say, "Listen, you don't want you just have the way it leads into this larger narrative about Rick. He has the way that he does things." And if you don't fit into it, that is your problem and not his. Same thing. And if he's won a championship, he can absolutely get away with that. But because he hasn't, people are becoming more frustrated. Remember, what, six, seven years ago, we were recruiting Cam Newton as a tight end. Sure. And he goes and wins the Heisman Trophy as a quarterback. But that said, Matthew Stafford is like, you know, Matthew Stafford, one of the reasons he's an NFL quarterback is because he was in the right system. I mean, yeah, like I've made the joke about Cam Newton being recruited as a tight end plenty, but he played tight end and quarterback. I mean, Nick Marshall, we recruited him as a defensive back, too. And he played quarterback at at Auburn and took them to the national championship game. But no one's one's complaining about him. You know, I, I get the point. Everybody's talking about Deshaun Watson and it's maybe it's unfortunate. I don't know. Um, But, you know, for what it's worth, and I, in dovetailing into what we're talking about with Cam Newton, is that if you were to talk to NFL talent scouts, there is a serious concern among them about pro ready quarterbacks. Yeah, right, there's right. a serious concern. I mean, yeah. and this is a bigger, this is a, there's a reason Jacob Eason wants to come to the University of right. Georgia. That's exactly right. And that is absolutely has everything to yeah. do with the fact that our offense is one of the few true pro style offenses left. And even Cam Newton in the NFL is certainly succeeding right now. It's taken it, him a while. But yeah, it, it, it's taken him a while. He's there's, an, a, he's there's a reason Tim Tebow didn't succeed. Yeah, and he's an anomaly. Like, he's, Why are you pointing at me? <laughs> no, because you were the one that made that Deshaun <laughs> yeah. Watson. And like, he's an anomaly. Like, People want quarterbacks like Aaron Rodgers. That's right. an excellent point. You're going to lose out on guys on Watson, but you're going to get guys like Eason. You're yeah. going to get guys like Stafford. So yeah. I, I definitely agree I, with that. I think really it's just the swing and the miss of the quarterback. It's just like – yeah. you know, If Ramsey is what people thought he was going to be, maybe we're not having this discussion. <laughs> I mean, somebody. I I don't know. I should. Yeah, I should say this. I mean, somebody. Somebody asked me at the tailgate, and then tweeted later. It's like, just how bad was Jacob Park? Yeah. Also, can we just talk about the one last thing? And this will get us into the game. Can we talk about how weird it is that Ramsey suddenly the punter? Like it's weird. I think it's awesome. Right? It's, it's totally weird. Like it's great, and he's a great punt. Great. 
Like they needed a good punter. <laughs> he was a really he was a really good punter in high school. Yeah, but uh, it's just it, it, like with all that we're talking about, and like it's just an extra extra added little wrinkle of bizarre surrealness that like I, I the guy that we're talking about is now like has emerged. I wish I, I wish I could do a Mark Rick voice because I would absolutely do it. It's like well we we said we I'm gonna do it in Les Miles voice. Well we. We said we'd get you on the field, didn't we, son? <laughs> so, um, and it's good. That's yeah. the weirdest part about it. Like, he's actually, he's actually much. Uh, he's an improvement. But it totally so, telegraphed the fake punt later in the oh, game. Oh, of course it did. But uh, you know, still a good pass. Actually, like Ramsey did not throw. Well, a don't good pass don't, on that don't throw it to Roquan Smith. Yeah. I mean, throw it to Malcolm Mitchell. Or, wow. Yeah. Let Roquan was, Smith be the guy that goes in motion and ugly, then dump it to Malcolm so Mitchell. bad. It is just weird. It's just like, crazy. Like this long con setup to do a run. Uh, a fake pun. <laughs> and the only thing that he actually is good at is punning. <laughs> it's, it's such a great, I love it. I, I, I do think his throw on that did shut down a lot of people. It's like, why don't we, do, we give Ramsey a shot? Yeah. Yeah. Keep using yeah. your foot, son. <laughs> so. I think, we, right, should, so I think can, we should move on. Yes. So Kentucky this week. Yeah. Kentucky. That's who they're playing. <laughs> we really did. For the record, we did need to have this discussion. No, 100%. Yeah. Agree. Like, 100% I, agree. we, 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 uh, behind and the I scenes production note, <laughs> but like we needed, we needed to have this talk. Because, and I don't know, we won't have this talk again many times. Yeah, but we definitely had to have it now. Yeah, because this yeah. is this is a time. Like if we went on here and be like, okay, well let's concentrate on what we're going to have to do to be Kentucky. Right. Everyone's going to be like, what are you guys doing? Yeah. Yeah. Like, Shut down the podcast. Yeah, like people, this is what people want to talk about right now, and they're right to want to do so. Yeah. So, so Kentucky. Yeah, I love your idea though. I love your idea of you are right. If they score a lot of points, it's just going to. Feel it's gonna be so cathartic. It's yeah. just gonna be. I mean, it's gonna be nearly. Uh, it's gonna be nearly orgasmic. I mean, it really will be because this is. I mean, we've just seen the futility since the end of. It's really since really since we so, scored so many points the first half of the Tennessee game, yeah. right? The offense has looked different. Yeah. I guess the best way to put it. And I'll be perfectly honest. <laughs> I'll take three punt returns. Not maybe, yeah. I don't you mean by the team that catches them oh, or by the God. team that's getting See, I knew I'd open myself up for for that, Reggie. I love you, but please, no, never, never fair catch a punt. I was, you know, I was listening to the game in the car, um, yeah. uh, after when I had to leave the bar. I and they had the interview with uh, Reggie where he talked about he wanted to be a mortician. <laughs> I never did you know this story? No, he wants to be a mortician, that's what he wants to do after really? he graduates. Really, he like interned there or something at the medical examiners, yeah. And, and no, he wants, he wants, like, no, not like he doesn't want to be like he doesn't want to be Quincy, he doesn't want to be, no. he he wants wants to be like from six feet under, huh? He wants to be like the guy from six feet under, that's what he wants to be. Wow, and I have to say, it made me love him so much. Like, I love that. Like, that, like, wow. I always worry the players are not looking at their lives outside of football. That is. I don't know people that look like look at look at their lives outside of their lives enough to do that. And I thought it was awesome. It's, it's totally made me cheer for him. Other than that sad little moment that they had, <laughs> that one sad little moment. Wow, that's a big one. But uh, but yeah, sorry. Go ahead. So so Kentucky. Uh, well, a couple of, uh, of notes. There are some changes on the offensive line. Um, Cooper now still at center. Theus has moved over to right tackle. Wynn has moved over to left tackle. Colton Houston has moved to left guard, uh, and Deshaun Sims has stepped up and is playing at right guard now. Um, so, you know, for whatever whatever that is worth, I mean, I think I said Monday that we have to have serious conversations about our offensive line, and I don't think there's any doubt whatsoever that the line has regressed. Hopefully this will make a difference. Um, I haven't heard anything about um, Michelle's uh, broken hand, but I assume he'll play. 
He says, I'm sorry, I'm eating nerd. Um, I'm eating it's Halloween. Halloween. I'm eating nerd. Halloween candy. It's always nerds. Nerds. Yeah. <laughs> nerds. Oh, hard candy. I, we I heard he has like a half cast on his right hand. Yeah. And yeah. he said that he would just be carrying the ball on his left hand. So I hope he doesn't run right. So my guess is, is that <laughs> we'll end up throwing. He'll, we'll do about 44 halfback passes. So is he left handed uh, like Todd Gurley is? Yeah, probably. It doesn't matter because Bounce will be starting. So we're going to throw it 45 times apparently. Yeah. So, so he's not going to have to tote the rock. All right. You know, you know what I'm worried <laughs> about? We're all in dark place today <laughs> we are what i'm worried about with kentucky excuse me as i choke on my nerds <laughs> is uh their quarterback patrick patrick towels or towels tolls tolls i mean he's he's kind of like a a small version of jared lorenzen to me you know hot <laughs> I mean, and cold. he isn't everybody <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he, he needs a he needs a number with a two starting in yeah. front of it i mean he's he, I mean, jared lorenzen's number 54 or something yeah. yeah yeah i saw a picture on twitter of him he is Big and well, you had like an interaction with Lorenzo, didn't you? Yeah, no, we we go way back way on back. Twitter's like the <laughs> August. No, but towels or towels or whatever. Tolls. 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 Like T-O-L-L-S. I think Tolls. He, he's like had... where Woody Weidenhofer works now. Tolls. He actually works at a toll booth. Yes. Yeah, yeah, oh, Tolls. Tolls. Okay. Like like renowned Pulitzer Prize winning political co- uh, cartoonist Tom Tolls? <laughs> Tom no, Tolls. Anybody no relation. No relation. Tom Tolls? No. Okay, so no comment relation. on that, please. The Kentucky quarterback. He seems kind of like he could be a little bit dangerous out there because he's a little bit reckless. He's not afraid to put his nose up in the middle. Yeah, I, I think I think his. You're right. I think his strength is his ability to improvise on his feet. I'll be perfectly honest. I thought Harris. I thought we contained Harris really well. I mean, Harris is not a good quarterback. Like even no, as a running, he's, he's a really good runner. Yeah, he is. He is. But even even with that, like the passing is so poor. Yeah, that it even, makes it a lot easier to. Yeah, get that long pass to was it Callaway that he he dumped it. I mean, that was just a yeah. lollipop. Yeah. yeah. Well, and Callaway was he was so far beyond whoever the cornerback was over there. Number twelve. Not Sanders coming because he was sitting on the bench. Sanders Cummings. Not Sanders Cummings. Sanders Cummings just got cut by the Chiefs. Well, then it couldn't have been him. <laughs> Unless they're doing something shady. Dominic Sanders. Oh, Sanders, yeah. <laughs> okay. Dominic Sanders. Uh, Sands. What were we talking about? Oh, yeah. So Callaway. Um, yeah, that, if, you, if you go back and watch that, he was, he was underthrown by four or five yards. You're right. Now, talking about tolls. The thing is, is Kentucky has uh, probably going to be playing with that, too. Their, their, their best receiving options uh, both got hurt last week. You know, and frankly, they're a team that has been up and down. They've looked really good, and then they've looked really, really, really bad. I mean, had to score late to beat Eastern Kentucky. Yeah. Um, Things were kind of set up for them. This is, I mean, yeah, no, well, this they, is a nice year. I for mean, you them. were talking they about could, you were talking about the SEC East being down. Yeah, I this mean, is a time for them to. This right. is as good a chance as they're going to have. And they right. Play. So, you know, defensively, they held Auburn to fifty something points. I don't know how many points it was. What did Auburn score on them? Thirty. No, Oh, yeah, that was a 30-27 game. That was probably their best game. I mean, Tennessee drops 52 on 52. them. 52. Yeah, Tennessee put 52 on them. Um, uh, and Mississippi so, State dropped 42. I mean, so it's gotten, it's gotten progressively higher. Now, now let's, be, let's be clear. Tennessee and Tennessee and Mississippi State are much more confident uh-huh. offenses than we are. Oh, I know. So, yeah. Um, but they also have uh, – was it Eastern – yeah, it was Eastern Kentucky, right? How many points did Eastern Kentucky score on? 27. 27, yeah. Uh, you know, defensively, they've only held one team below – Florida, they they only gave up two touchdowns to Florida. Yeah, yeah. So it's it wouldn't it's not inconceivable for us to only score two touchdowns because our offense and Florida's offense are relatively 
Similar, in different, you know? incompetent in different ways. I just don't understand the 14.5-point spread because we haven't scored a combined mm-hmm. 14 points in a matter of three games, basically. That seems to me a crazy spread. I'll be honest. Like, like I, going into Oh, that, I take the under. It's the pride. Well, what, remember, we, we said the same thing in Missouri. Yeah. It, uh, George yeah. was like a 14-point favorite. Yeah. We're like, eh, eh. No. And I feel, the, I feel the don't exact same that. way now. I feel the exact same way now. For the group, who do you want to actually see start this game of quarterback? Lambert. <laughs> you know, it's kind of like... <laughs> Marshall Morgan? Um, yeah. No, he. I, I want him to be the backup punter. Balta. <laughs> you want to see Balta? I feel like it's almost kind of embarrassing for it not to be Balta to right now, to be honest. <laughs> I mean, it, in reality, it's probably Jacob Park. I, honestly, yeah. I don't know. It just seems so, so weird. I mean, I, I didn't. So I didn't. Weird. I didn't really care last week. Um, uh, you know, I, I don't know. Yeah. Ba- probably Balta, just because yeah. you give him a give him another shot and. The fact of the matter is still still remain it still remains that I mean if you go back and read some of the quotes they talked about you know we had these plays we had these plays it was just you know the first one went poorly so we we got away from them <laughs> which is just really like give me the headset damn <laughs> um so I don't know about I guess I, 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 I say have, I say Lambert I mean I think that Kentucky looks a little bit similar to South Carolina and maybe Lambert could go you know twenty three of twenty six. He's got it in him. I don't know if he goes 23 or 26, but I have to say, like, I'm kind of embarrassed to say this. I'd actually rather see Lambert. Bada looked awful, man. Like, we're really understating just how bad of a passer he looked to be. And you're going to, like, you've got Sony hurt. You get, like, we don't know what, like, we don't know how he's going to be. This feels like a game where you need to throw the ball. And I don't, and Bada to me, I listen, I've been hammering Lambert all year. I'd rather see him throwing the ball (laughs) than Bada. Yeah, I don't know. By the way, the I've been hammering Lambert all year line caused everyone to just take a shot, by the way. Yeah, no, that's uh, that's like the Matt stare. <laughs> yeah, yeah th- thanks. We didn't need the visual. We got it. Um, that's like the old, the old Matt stares in the Phillies dugout line. Matt stares like, yeah, I hit, hit a home run. The guys come in and just hammered me, hammering on the ass. I'm like, come on, Matt. Yeah, Matt. Sure, you've, been in, you've been in clubhouses long enough not to make yes. comments like that to the media. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't know that I disagree with that. Hell, I don't know. All I know is that if we come out and, and or we look really good on offense, that I'm taking Uber home. <laughs> I'm just going to put that out there. I am absolutely taking Uber home. <laughs> I wondered about that. What, me taking Uber home? No, but uh, no, uh, but how Uber works around like stadiums where there's like 80,000 people. I, I took it uh, they, homecoming in Missouri. They, I took a couple of trips. It was awesome. They give you a message on your app where it says, meet your Uber driver at this such and such place on like <laughs> the <gate>. mall. <laughs> yeah. 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 Walk all the way up to Raising yes. Canes. Yes. Get into his van. <laughs> <laughs> so okay so uh to me that is that we'll close on kentucky with i this. mean really is there anything else to say i mean honestly it, to me the thing to say is if they lose this game oh my god this i mean can you imagine it's gonna it's gonna be it's gonna get so you know what uh, i can't imagine because i know I mean, what I, i've seen i mean it happen. could very well happen because yeah but those were better kentucky teams and Listen, I mean, you're equally bad, George. You know, last time we last time we lost Kentucky, they were playing "Party in the USA" by Miley Cyrus in the stadium. And oh, that's a good song, actually. No, it's but, okay, you I'm blocking him for he's on the penalty box. <laughs> you gonna do hashtag block so on that's him? That's a good song. Uh, that was 2009, right? Yeah, yeah. they because yeah, I remember I was like Ugh. I was horrified because I'm like, what are they playing? You know, but here's another thing. Hey, um, I, I do like all the hype stuff, but let's let's hear the Redcoats. 
Yeah. Let's hear a little yeah. bit more of the Redcoats and, and less of the third down for what? By the way, have you heard anything more about the black jerseys this weekend? Because I, I figured you'd be I heard all over a that. snippet. I saw a billboard driving back from Atlanta that said there was a blackout. Okay. Look, look let, let him wear them. I yeah, that's fine. It doesn't matter to me. I, I, It'd be nice I have to long, get it over with. Yeah. I have long, I have long, yeah. stuff, like, like, if we don't lose or win because of jerseys, no. if the kids want to we wear We do them, because of the wear. helmets. Those, those, but, those black helmets are really bad. For what it's worth, I, I'm, 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 about, I'm about to make a mistake, <laughs> but I'm going to bring up the notion of uniforms. But I have to say, I remember Bruce Weber. He was a coach at Illinois, and he was under siege. Like there was a game where it was. I was there then. Like yeah, it was. It was it, like Bruce Weber was clearly going to be fired at the end of the season. It was hanging on by a thread. Well, Lou Henson was a coach of Illinois basketball. And he famously wore this very loud orange jacket when he would coach games. It's very ugly, very garish, very very gross. But it was his. Extraordinary. Yes, and so a way that coaches that have followed him, Bill Self. Uh, now John Gross, they all every once in a while for big games they will wear the Lou Henson orange jacket. Well, well, Weber was in a position where like it was bad. he needed more things were falling apart. Everyone like he just had this really ugly press conference where he's like, I don't know what to do with these guys. <laughs> if you want to fire me, fire me. It was just bad, and he wore the orange jacket, and it looked. Desperate and pathetic, to be honest. Yeah. That's what worries me about this black jersey idea is the idea of like this thing that you – and listen, I, 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 we, we joke about you in the uniforms a lot, but you're not the only person that's been clamoring for the black uniforms. No. People have been wanting those black uniforms. If you choose now well, as, they, as the time of, of, the, of the team's lowest moment and the time where they're most under siege, it's weird. But here, here's the thing. The, the black jerseys for Kentucky has kind of been a rumor for four months. Okay. I mean it I mean it has been uh it's the last SEC home game. Um, they probably thought it was going to be a night game. <laughs> when was when was the last one? When was the last the last, the last uh, black jersey was 2008 Alabama. Alabama, right. But yeah. you know it was also a so night it's, game. It's weird to do it for Kentucky. Like isn't it? I'm sorry. Well, I mean the, the, if the seniors want to do it, let them do it. I don't care. I think it, it should be matter. against Georgia Southern because here's the thing. Georgia Southern, I don't know if you've heard Them's talking down in Statesboro. No, I don't know if you've heard, if you've tuned in. You know, Jim Bob and and Billy Joe on their sports talk down in Statesboro, but they are loaded. Look at he runs, James Earl. Look yeah. at he runs. <laughs> they are they are they are they are sowing their oh, oats. Uh, utterly convinced. They, they are convinced the they are going to beat Georgia, and so I'm just going to take extra special pride in hopefully shutting. <laughs> I, I wish I could say it with more confidence. But you know, dropping fifty on them. This is the set. This is what it's come to. By the way, yeah. Like, oh, it's gonna feel so. Good it will when we shut up those Georgia Southern fans. Not, not we, you two. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't saying a word about the, it. This is my point about the black uniforms. It seems like it just kind of feels like they shouldn't do them at all. Right. Like, no, I, I, like here's the thing. I'm the biggest proponent for. Alter- let's, let's wait. Let's table that till next year. Yeah, yeah. You know, I have even, to say, well, to be fair, on. you'd probably want red jerseys with bulldog faces on them. Right? <laughs> this <laughs> is the first actually relevant uniform conversation we've had in this podcast. Right. I think it's actually important. I actually think this is an important you conversation to have. Okay, and for what it's worth, the best uniform combination look that Georgia has worn is what they wore in the night January 1, 1998 Outback Bowl against Wisconsin and Ron Dane. The black pants, the white sh- tops with the black lettering and the red helmets. Those look good. Not what they wore when Bill Goldberg wrote, ran out in the yeah, stadium in Jacksonville Florida, yeah. with yeah. the red tops and the black pants. That looked yeah. really bad. Well, this is yet another thing Mark Riggs lost control of. Yeah, seriously. All right, sorry. <laughs> okay, let's move on. This is all we've got in the Okay, so let's make some picks. Yes, let's make some, some picks. picks. Okay. Let's make right. some picks. By the key. way, 
I foreshadowed it several weeks ago. This game is on here. This game is on here. This is the weekend. Florida State Clemson? No, no, no. <laughs> this is the weekend that America is saved. Iowa goes down. Wow, we start. Let's start. Okay, let's start with Iowa, Indiana. Let's start start with that. that. See, I'd already, I'd already lined it up to where we're going to talk the ACC game, then the Big Twelve, then we're going to Big Ten. Look what you did, Tony. I think it's way too important for us to talk about Iowa being undefeated. (laughs) Go for it. They're going to lose the Hoosiers if we can. Iowa, Indiana. I was favored by a touchdown and a half. Yeah, yeah. Be that as it may, they're going to lose to Indiana this weekend. I, I can see. I don't think it's going to happen. I can see it. Yeah. I can see it. This is the type of team. Indiana's the type of team. I don't trust Iowa's offense enough to, if Indiana has a couple of those crazy long touchdowns that they tend to get. Yeah. Iowa's what, nine? They're in the nine in the, yeah. in the, in the, in the yeah. recently released college football rankings. Which yeah. is, I'm, I'm all in on the Hoosiers. And it was funny. I was, I was watch I was reading something uh, um, from, um, I forgot the name of him. Forgive me. For, I know him personally, so I'm sorry about this. The Big Ten uh, Network person whose name I've forgotten said that the way it looks now, if Iowa can win out until the Big Ten Championship game, yeah. which is this is probably the toughest game that they have. Yeah, probably. They, they, <laughs> After what happened. He them. estimates there'll be five yeah. in the rankings going into the Big Ten Championship <clears throat> yeah. game. Which is crazy. <laughs> it's totally crazy. The Iowa, you'd be looking at a five Iowa against, assuming Michigan doesn't get hot. A five Iowa against a three, three Ohio Michigan State or Ohio Michigan State. State. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's right. So you're picking Iowa, Will? I am picking Iowa. I'm going to pick Iowa as well. Okay, uh, now you screwed me up. I'm going to go. We're going to go Big Ten again. Yeah, let's go Big Ten again. And we are going to talk about this team that is four and four. And really <laughs> yeah. could use. Uh, the well, they're going to get a six. They're going to get a win here. This is a pick'em contest. If will. I have my Illini moment, uh, it is. There's a moment. Um, uh, Robert uh, at Illini, A-L-I-O-N-E-Y-E.com. Yeah. It's a very, very good uh, – it's Illinibord.com is the name of his site. He's terrific. He, he writes every – I think we mentioned earlier, he writes like a 20,000-word yeah. preview for yeah. Illinois football. Is that who Fletcher Page – no, Fletcher Page no. went to work for loyalty. I finally met Fletcher Page, by yeah. the way, yeah, and okay. he's a very nice guy. But he pointed out before the season, when you have an interim coach that comes in in the middle of the season – yeah. Uh, no, sorry, at the beginning of the season, not like Orgeron in USC, but an interim coach before the season starts, it always falls apart. Like you at, look some at, point. at some point, it falls apart. Illinois was very plucky. They beat Nebraska back when we thought Nebraska was not was something so horrible. They uh, they hung in with Iowa. They hung in with Wisconsin, but fell a little bit. And then last week against Penn State was a nightmare Abysmal. in every possible direction. Or 21, 29 nothing. 39 nothing. Uh, it is looking like the wheels are coming off. Three straight losses. Yeah, yeah and, and it's getting a little worse each week. Listen, so you take Purdue is really bad, but I. <laughs> but what they do last week to Nebraska? Yeah, well, Nebraska is a mess uh, across the board, but I, I'll say. The way Illinois looks right now. I don't see a path to six. Uh, well, if they win this one, there's a path. If they win this one, there's a path. Northwestern's a potential win. Minnesota's a potential Go win. Cats. Ohio State's obviously a loss. Cool coats. Um, but Ohio State's obviously a loss. No, I think up until last week, Connolly actually had that as a game as a pick em. Yeah. yeah. Ohio State, Illinois. Yeah. Uh, which is crazy. Yeah. But uh, I think now it's, I think since uh, Bear has come back, yeah. he's not been driving, uh, he's been all right. But yeah, to me, I think the wheels have come off, to be honest. I think that little surge that they got of a new coach and dealing with a new thing, I think it's passed. I think they're going to lose to Purdue. I think they're no. going to lose every game the rest of the year. No. Yeah. Tony, who you I got? I think the wheels have come off. 
I'm picking Illinois. I'm picking Illinois too. That's just crazy talk. You guys have clearly not watched. I watched. I, uh, I, I before I met uh, UGA Carey at the bar. I watched the first uh, three quarters of that game, and it was unpleasant. That, that was that was football syphilis far more than what we saw in Jacksonville. That was un, it, <laughs> it was, was bad. It was, I was in New York State, so obviously everyone was a Rutgers fan. Yes, that's, uh, all that's the Rutgers fans Rutgers were clamoring. Yeah. Yeah. All right, I'm tired of the Big Ten. We're gonna how move. Could you, how could that be possible? <laughs> oh no, we have another Big Ten game. Yeah. All right. Uh, Penn State at Northwestern. I'm, I'm kind of down with Penn State. They're better than I thought they were. And uh, you know how I feel about Northwestern. So I'm taking Penn State. <sighs> I got to pick Northwestern. They play so well at home. Um, it's true. They they, they, they play better. really well in front of those tarped off seats they that they are, can't sell. They are so tough in front of that 22,000 uh, 20, or 22,000 home fans. What's the weather going to be like for that game? I bet it's going to be chilly. It'd be cold. Uh, it's probably be in the 60s. Yeah. Chicago, man. It's, it could snow. It could be 80. Yeah. Well, Northwestern's favored, and I think, Tony, you just convinced me to go with North. I had clicked Penn State, but you convinced me to go with Northwestern. Northwestern sucks. Penn State's <laughs> well, yeah. James Franklin sucks, too. All right. So our lone ACC game actually has kind of a big one. Clemson. Yeah. What? Two great teams. Florida State travels to Death Valley, and Clemson is about a 12-and-a-half-point favorite. How do we feel, by the way, about about Clemson being the number one team in the college football team? I'm cool with that. Yeah. I thought this was like a big rivalry. Oh, that doesn't change the fact. I mean, you're talking about two different things. I'm mad. Does it bother you that Clemson's number one? Well, it bothers them the same way when I see Auburn number one. It does. So it's the same kind of way. It it feels feels similar. Yeah. It feels feels like soul-sucking. Really? Yeah. I didn't realize it was that bad. Yeah, I hate Clemson. Okay. I hate Clemson. But I mean, but they—I think they should be. They, oh yeah, I think they earned it. Yeah. So they I think it. I actually think they might wipe out Florida State. Florida State's got going injury to. some problems right now. I think they're going yeah. to. Yeah. I think so who, going. who's starting a quarterback for Florida State? Is it McGuire again? Is um Golston back from his? No, uh, I don't think it's Golston. I don't think Golston. Yeah. No. yeah. It's a mess. I, yeah, I, I have to yeah. say, they've, uh, uh, I Clemson big. Clemson, if they lose, it will not be in a big game like this. It'll no. be a weird one. Yeah. Yeah. NC State next week. All right, I got Clemson as well. They already, already beat NC State. Well, they can't be. That can't be possible. All right, TCU at Oklahoma State, uh, number five versus number twelve. They are both undefeated. Is this a Fox matchup? Yeah, it's Fox. They'll mess the what, broadcast up. What, sure. what are these two teams in the rankings? TCU is oh, like yeah. TCU uh, down a little bit. Seven, maybe? TCU hasn't played anyone, so I think they're relatively low. TCU is eight. Eight. And then Oklahoma State's all the way down at 14. Even though they're undefeated, right? Yeah. Below Memphis. Yeah, Yeah, but go look at at Oklahoma State's out-of-conference schedule. It's like Kansas State is like, bro. Yeah, Yeah, they've played at Central Michigan, which why do you even schedule that? Central Arkansas, University of Texas, San Antonio. And yeah, they play nine conference games because those are their three out of conference opponents. I think it's hilarious that the Big Twelve has basically decided that we're going to have as many teams as we can undefeated as long as we possibly right. can. They back in the schedule, and then and then and they think it works, but it didn't work last year. It's, no. it, it's probably not going to work this year. <laughs> no, for this week though, I'm going to take. Uh, you know what? Texas uh, TCU has been dance kind of dance on the edge. I'm going to pick Oklahoma State. I think it's going to be a, I mean, pew, 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 shootout, big time shootout. But I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be Oklahoma State. I'm, I'm taking TCU. I think TCU's going to win. My mom went to TCU. I, I love Fort Worth. I love uh, the state of Texas. Should I sing the Texas state please, song? Please don't. Okay. I'm going to go with the Horn Frogs. <laughs> South Carolina at Tennessee. Tennessee, what? 
Tennessee. Not, I don't think yeah. there's no, 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 that no. looks like Tennessee. a release some frustration game for Tennessee. Yes, yeah, the second week in a row. We've discussed that for 30 seconds. I'll pick Tennessee as well. Vandy at Florida. Florida, wow. Three and a half or three touchdown uh, favorite. Is that enough? This game's going to be close. Yeah. yeah. I really, really don't close. think Florida is going to – I'm not sure they can score three touchdowns, let alone – This game's going to be close. I don't know if it's going to be close, but it's Vandy, definitely not going to be three touchdowns. Vandy got boat raced by Houston last week. Houston's, Houston's good. Is I know they're far, good, but they're an yeah. AAC team. Is that is that the name of the conference, an AAC? The AAC. It doesn't matter what conference they're in. They're a good football team. Yeah. Uh, offensively, especially. There's three – there, I guess that now there's two undefeated teams in that conference. Yeah. But, but, but I mean, look, Florida's going to win the football game. Okay, let's be clear. Yeah. But it's not going to be 20 – it's not – it's not going to be twenty-one nothing. It's certainly not going to be 40, 42, 21. I I'm mean, gonna, I'm going to take Florida and the points. Yeah, uh, this I, this I, game I, this game that. has this game has sixteen nothing written all over it. Mm-hmm. But I will take Florida to win. 16 three, 20 to seven. No, I'm about a Vanderbilt. 20, win. By the way, all it takes is a Vanderbilt win, and then oh my god, a couple other things. I but here's I'll the be thing. Ready for Vanderbilt, Alabama. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I am. I'm completely on board for chaos now. Oh, totally. totally. I mean, we we may want to have this conversation later. I'm not SEC Look homer. How excited you're if getting. Georgia is not in the SEC championship game, I hope Ole Miss wins as a three loss team. Yeah. Oh God, would that be awesome? You want Ole Miss Vandy? Ole Miss Vandy? Yes, <laughs> absolutely. If we're not getting it, yes, and Vandy winning. Oh, uh, that would be fun. Vandy in the Sugar Bowl. Yeah. Give me some of that. For the record, that's how you get three Big Ten teams. <laughs> I could care. Yeah, less. I won't be. I won't be watching that anyways if that happens. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm, I would watch. That's how Iowa gets an even. I would watch Memphis, Iowa. Yeah, I'd watch Memphis, Iowa. That would be national fun. championship game. Yeah, Memphis, I mean, it's only four forty four hundred people there, but Auburn at Texas A and M. It's Will. weird. Will? Yeah, it's weird. I don't. You know, the thing that we thought we knew about someone was that he was kind of in control of his players and they all loved him. Yeah. And now there's kind of some weirdness going on yeah. there. And I don't know. I feel like that's the type of thing. I, we were so up on Texas A&M early. I'm starting to feel like that someone maybe should have left when he had the opportunity to do so. This is a harder job than they thought. And I actually kind of I, – I feel like Auburn's – they've looked quietly better for the last few weeks. I actually think I'm picking Auburn. I think Sumlin built his Southern Cal resume and beats Auburn. Did you see what I just did? He put it at the top. It's reasonable. It's Auburn. Reasonable. Auburn. No. At the top. No. no. And and I, I just moved the, on my confidence, confidence pick. Points. Oh, I have no confidence in that pick, the, but I think I, th- I think AM wins. Yeah, yeah. AM's going to win, and I moved that Look, to a- my 12 a- point value. Is, oh, their offense is a hot mess, but yeah. they score points, so even though they're still a hot mess. All right, so we got two A and M's and one Auburn. Yes. Okay. And right. probably one Auburn among like a hundred people. <laughs> right. I read an article on Twitter today. Uh, a I forget who it was. I think it was Saturdays down south, maybe. Oh, good. I'm glad you brought them up. <laughs> but Don't they 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 basically mapped out a path to the SEC championship game for Arkansas. Why not? At this point? Because Chaos. if if there's a four way tie somehow. If there's a four-way tie with Arkansas, Alabama, LSU, and Ole Miss, Arkansas wins the tiebreaker. <laughs> so Arkansas needs to beat Mississippi if they want that to happen. I don't think that's going to happen. I think Ole Miss is going to roll them. They got Laramie Tunsil back. Where's that game? It's in Oxford. Ugh. So I think I think it's kind of it's a fun little story that Burt could hey, Bert. back his way into the SEC championship game. 
but I don't think it's going to ha- I think that'll be a I, I a worthless think, article after Saturday. I don't Saturday think Bulim- Bulimia's team's going to win in Oxford. No, no, it's going to be Ole Miss. I think Ole Miss. All right. So uh, a, a very quiet year Dan Mullen has had with Mississippi State. Every I remember our pregame podcast, we all picked them to be the cellar dwellers in the SEC West, which I guess technically like they, they – Yeah, but technically maybe they still could fall down there with, with, a, with a bad, poor stretch run. But they're at listless Missouri this week, and they – I'm surprised they're only about a touchdown favorite, but you know, Dak Prescott's really just got these guys riding on his uh, shoulders. You know, he's just kind of marching them to victory after victory. If there is a team in the nation that has more offensive problems than Georgia's Missouri, so unless Missouri can take points away from Mississippi State, they ain't winning this game. It's got to be frustrating too because their defense is good. Oh yeah, they're, they're, and they lost to a And M. Top two or three. How much do you think they'd love to play A and M right now? As opposed to a month ago when they played them and lost. I think they'd love to play some basketball right now. That's how done they are with football. Yeah, which is a shame because, I mean, that, that Their is defense a, legit. That is a waste of a really fantastic yeah, defense. Yeah. But I'm taking Mississippi State as well. Yeah, imagine if Harold Brantley were playing. Yeah. Ugh. No, I was talking about Mississippi State playing at A&M because oh. they lost to A&M and they could yeah. be 7-1 and one, instead of 6-2. Yeah. That's true. You're tired, aren't you? I haven't had enough bourbon. <laughs> we, we never bring a refill in. You know, it's, we're not real good at logistics. Yeah. We always, <laughs> we'll we fix all, that next we, week. We all come in with a glass of bourbon, and then we never bring the bottle. Yeah, well, the bottle's up. coming up next week. I think if – I tell you, if so, this doesn't go well against Kentucky, <laughs> it is definitely coming it might, it might just be the three of us drinking a bottle of bourbon for an hour. We're not even going to tape it. Yeah. No, we'll <laughs> tape it. We'll tape it, but we won't talk football. Like, I'm ready for a refill. All right, so which one – we've got two two games left. Which one do we pick last? we, we got to pick ours last. Okay, yeah, all pick, right. Yeah, all right. Georgia-Kentucky last. Yeah. All right. Checking. I'm to check with y'all first. Yeah, it's yeah. LSU at Alabama. What do you think? Man, I pick against Alabama at my own peril uh, at this point. I know Fournette is. Well, for what it's worth, LSU is number two in the college football playoff rankings and Alabama is number four. Which is a really great sign for to remind everyone that these rankings are meaningless. They don't like they're fun. I love talking about them. It's fun to see where everybody there stands. Some, there's some people at ESPN completely disagree because that's all people talked about for the last three hours. Well, yeah, because they own the rankings. <laughs> they own the rank. Like that, like this is part of the deal. It, yeah. Like think about the college basketball rankings. There's like like imagine if the college basketball rankings had this every week for, in, in like mid-February. Oh, yeah. We'd yeah. be paying no attention to them because why would we? Yeah. But because football is so – ESPN owns these rankings. They have a big deal with them. They push, 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 push. This means absolutely nothing. The idea that LSU and Alabama are 2-4 and four is meaningless because they're playing each other this week. Well, so there's no way those teams are going to be able to finish in the final four. It's probably a good time to remind everyone that Ole Miss, Mississippi State, and Auburn were the top, were three of the top yes. four at this point last year. And I think Ohio State was 15. Yeah. I think they yeah. were 15. Yeah. And they won every bit of it. Yeah. So so it is meaningless. But I, I have to say, I'm, I'm, I, Alabama, I, ever since, I will never doubt Alabama again after that, man. They are terrifying and they seem motivated in a way. From the early season stuff, you just know Saban can't wait to get to the playoff and be like, you all told us that the dynasty was over in September. Yeah. Here's your here dynasty. So <laughs> I'm picking Alabama. Um, I hear everything you just said. Um, I, look, <laughs> I, look back on, uh, I look back on the season and I think about, okay, who's Alabama played that looks the most like them, like LSU? And they haven't faced anybody with a running back like Fournette. Uh, except for Nick Chubb of Georgia. Um, and they did a good job of containing him 
except for he got away with one, basically one really long run um, when the game was out of reach. But the difference is, is that they also have a, um, they also struggled against Tennessee, and that concerns me a little bit. Tennessee, I wouldn't say Tennessee should have won that game. Um, Alabama had that game in hand. Then they didn't, and then they did. But I'm with you. I, I just can't I can't get my head around. I can't get a, the only path to victory for LSU is Alabama letting Fournette run for 250 yards. I don't see that happening. Yeah. The, the, uh, specifically, Alabama. I don't they're not going to be able to stop Fournette. But yeah. He ain't running. He ain't having a 250 yard game. No. No. This feels like 140 yards on 29 carries. Right, right. So, I mean, still very impressive. Hard carries, right? right? How about you, Scott? Well, they're both coming off bye weeks, and I think that Alabama's probably, you know, gone into that bunker mentality, which you were kind of explaining so well. I just don't doubt Nick Saban and Kirby Smart and everybody else on that coaching staff anymore because this is exactly the game that Nick Saban's sitting in his – have you seen ESPN do that uh, program where it shows the inside of his office where he has that button where it can open the door where he doesn't have to get up? <laughs> no, no, that's yeah. amazing. He's got a he's got a button. He's kind of like he's a supervillain or something. It's a mahogany office. It's real pretty, and he can just press a button and the door opens I or can't closes. Believe this has not become a meme. Are, we, are, we, <laughs> are you sure you're not talking about Lord Farquaad from <laughs> that's fantastic. Shrek? I'm looking that. Up. I don't know where. Yeah, yeah no he he that's has a fantastic. button. He has a button. He oh, might yeah. have one that like drops people through the floor. Did you read this just, on Snopes? <laughs> No. I, I saw it, it with I my own eyes. I, I, I saw it. I, I saw it. I'll I pull it up before you, we leave. By the way, speaking of 30 for 30. <laughs> sure. Ric Flair, right? Yeah. <laughs> I thought we were, we were going to have a Grantland postmortem after. Oh, okay. see, I was yeah, in a good mood. I know. Sorry. Hey, I'm going to pick Alabama. Okay, cool. Okay. <laughs> All right. Okay, so, can, can I take one time out before we make our pick? Sure. I want to say something. I want. It's been a rough week. Everyone's been very unhappy. Can we have one very happy thing? Todd Gurley is taking over the NFL. Oh my god, it's so awesome! Have you guys he's seen so awesome. what he's doing now? Yeah. Like, like there, there are like the front page story on Sports Illustrated uh, today was is is he Eric Dickerson? Like there are people are like Gurley is doing things that people have that no one has done in twenty years in their first three starts of the season. Yeah, and not to not to bring you back down from that, but. That's kind of what I was talking about with the whole NCAA thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah right, yeah. right. Because yeah. we don't, I don't think we. Yeah, yeah. Florida State handles that differently than Georgia handles it. Yeah, that's well, a fair assessment. Yeah, that's a fair assessment. But he is awesome. He is a he is a, a damn he's good a great dog. dude. Yeah. And it's, it's actually cool because you know AJ Green is one of the top two or three yeah. receivers. Um, and he just uh, endowed two scholarships. I saw yeah, to yeah. Georgia. It's, it's uh. There's some there's some good news out there. There's yeah. some good news. Just they just don't currently involve players on this current team. Yeah, yeah, for right now. But let's pick the game. All right, so mm-hmm. Kentucky versus Georgia. Th- this is going to be the first of four noon kickoff games. <laughs> nah, nah, we'll play. We're gonna play. We'll play Southern at night. Yeah, I'm really worried about that too because it's my son's birthday, and I really want to take him. I'm afraid that would be the one game. I think it's gonna be a night. I actually thought it might not be just because I know, like that's the game. That's the week that nobody plays. Yeah, that's that's cupcake weekend. The problem is, is Georgia is actually less impressive than they were three weeks ago. Yeah, but everyone else is like FAU and Prairie View and (laughs) NM. There's there's three there's three games as obvious SEC on CBS games. 
um, because those are all conference matchups. The rest of them are like, yeah. like literally Georgia, Georgia Southern is the best game. You are the, you are actually are the expert. In the well, I mean, I wouldn't say the expert. It's just, I'm just saying that's, yeah. that is really, really, it's a bad weekend for football. Right. So who are you picking this week? Georgia. Go dogs. I am also picking Georgia, but I am picking a more closer to Georgia, Missouri than to Georgia, South Yeah, Carolina. it feels like nine six doesn't surprise me. Yeah, I don't think Tony's going to get his wish about you know scoring in the forties. No, I'll drive home fine, you know, but there who knows? Maybe there could be a safety because you did initially predict that Georgia or that Kentucky would score four points. Elevener. <laughs> so I think I think Georgia will win. I think it's. Gonna be a nail biter, and we're gonna be just shaking our heads and looking. We're gonna just gonna be leaving the stadium kind of quiet after a victory, just staring at each other like men who stare at goats, you know, just staring at each <laughs> other. It's actually a really good movie, it actually is a good movie. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah it's it's worrisome. But. I'm gonna have that right in the middle of my confidence pool, yeah, because I don't want it to kill me on my picks if something really something bad happens. But I mean happens. it's worth I mean again we'll close we should probably close with this but No 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 we man. can't close we can't close yet because I found a a quote a, a quote I want to read you. Okay okay. Well then I will okay then just we'll hold that with, point. Yeah. Dateline Columbus Ohio. Joey Bossa was already intimidated before Nick Saban called him into his office after that camp in 2010. Think about it. Bossa was only a 15-year-old kid. He had no scholarship offers and he wasn't wearing a shirt. <laughs> this is the start of the worst Nick Saban <laughs> Uh, it was uh, written poor. by. It's almost like fan fiction. Yeah. What's going on here? Written I by, never thought it would happen to me. What kind of <laughs> websites are you on? It was written by Ari Wasserman. I don't know, but I, I'm getting to the good point. Yes, yeah, Quote: They're pretty serious, intimidating guys, especially when you're 15 years old, sitting in Saban's office. Bosses said. Then he pushes this button that automatically closes his door. End quote. Oh, his door closes. Nick Saban's door closes. That's so. so who has a button that automatically closes a door? It's like something out of a movie. Yeah, a pornographic. Film I'm picturing. That, uh, no, actually, I'm picturing the. Um, I'm picturing the Blues Brothers with the penguin. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> did he? Did he get his knuckles wrapped? He, okay, this is kind of funny. Not a metaphor. Um, Bossa goes on to say, "Quote: He was like, get the kid a towel, so I had a little towel over my shoulders." Did he have a button for that? Seriously. Well, hold on. He says, "I heard I about was the just door." Just the pizza delivery boy. <laughs> There I am. He says there I, I am. he says I heard about the door. He just clicked the button and it shut. I was pretty scared. Yeah, I would be scared. <laughs> Awkward if I were shirtless. <laughs> um, anyway, sorry to interrupt you. That that might might not, not even make the point. No, I think it's actually worth <laughs> it. We, we we were uh, apoplectic enough about it in the first it's place. Pretty heavy. Um I'll just say this. If this goes bad, like <laughs> it could. It could. I don't think it's going to all three of us will pick Georgia. But if this goes bad in the wake of the week that we have had, clear the decks. Now, yeah. I don't mean clear the decks like fire everyone. I mean like everybody like it's about to get incredibly real. Yeah, I'll be like you. I'll be like you with the baseball playoffs. I'll take Twitter off my phone. Yeah. For real. Yeah. I will. Um I, I you know, if if we go out and we do the same thing against Kentucky we did against Florida and it yields the same results, and we lose. I don't see how Brian Schottenheimer makes it past Sunday evening. Yeah. I just don't, and I'm not. I'm really careful about calling for firings. I'm not calling for a firing. I'm just that is just an observer of things. It, it's going to be too much. How interesting would it be if? Okay, let's play. Let's just say that happens. God forbid. Yeah. But let's say it happens, and then that happens where he's 
out the door. Yeah. And then Rick swoops in, starts calling plays again, and we end on a three-game win streak where we're scoring. I mean, it can't happen because the talent's not there. Well, I don't, I don't know that it can't happen. But the, the point is, is that, you know, if, if we were talking about a defense that looked just out of sync and abysmal, it would be a harder call to fire your defensive coordinator because Mark Rick's not a defensive coach. Right. Um, you know, there is there are paths where you can see the offensive coordinator being let go because you do have a former offensive coordinator, quite good one, uh, who did it as a, a head coach there. Now, I am going to take the optimistic view and say we score 55 points and the score is 55 to four, and I'm taking Uber home. Hmm. I hope so. <laughs> But listen, I know I'm not trying to be Cassandra here, but like you know, if uh, if it goes bad, this could get the, yeah. a lot of the things that we're talking about theoretically. Yeah. In this podcast, could turn concrete real quickly. Yeah. So let's hope that doesn't happen. Yeah. And let's all talk about think about happy thoughts. If you think happy thoughts, you can fly like R. Kelly. <laughs> there's no there's no door that's there's no door that's closing because of buttons in here. There's no none. I know. None. I found that uh, that's probably none. good. Yeah. Uh, well, all right. Well, thanks, everyone. Uh, go dogs. Go dogs. I, n- I never say it, so I'm not going to say it. Why don't you say it? I just don't. He hates America. I think I, I, I'm, I'm just going to play something like Gators Eat Boogers or something like that. By the way, before. I was very impressed. <laughs> very, very proud that you followed. <laughs> My wife had a fit when she heard that. She's like, that's so awesome. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. You're welcome. You're welcome. No, thanks for listening to this podcast. I will. You will hear me in a second kind of cleaning all this stuff up. And what are you talking leading about? Us up. clean up. We nailed it. <laughs> Drop the mic. (laughs) (laughs) And thanks for listening to this episode. Just a reminder here, if you are in our Fun Office Pools Weekly Pick'em Contest, get your picks in by Thursday evening, as we have a rare Thursday night SEC game on the books. With Mississippi State traveling up to Columbia, Missouri, to face off against the Tigers in the team's first meeting in 31 years. You can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, and while you're there, See if you can take a few minutes to leave us a rating and review. We would certainly appreciate that. Twitter, of course, is always a great way to get in touch with us and the show. Tony can be reached at Tyler Dogden. That's D-A-W-G-D-E-N. Mr. Leach can be found at William F. Leach. And as for Scott, that's me. My Twitter handle is at Jawavi Films. That's J-A-W-A-V-I Films. Consequently, the podcast handle is at WSLS Podcast. Tune us in on Monday to hear our recap of the Dogs versus Kentucky. Should any news break, as it did last week with the quarterback situation, we'll try our best to get a quick episode up so you can hear our thoughts about it. Here's hoping that Georgia can get back on the winning side of the ledger with an impressive victory against the Cats. So have yourselves a great rest of the week, a fun weekend, and as always, we'll see you on campus. 